0: Chapter 38. Saturday, 5:30 a.m. Gabby texts me to see if I'm awake. I think the worst, ask her if Iggy's okay. Oh yeah, he's fine. I just want to get started on the play. She writes back. I roll my eyes and turn over. Saturday, still 5:30 a.m. Gabby texts me again to see if I'm awake. Yasmani makes annoyed piglet sounds from his bed. I silence my phone. Saturday, 5:39 a.m. I check my phone. Gabby has texted twelve more times. I text back, "Hi, did you say something? Sorry, was sleeping." Also, 5:39 a.m. Gabby texts back, "We're to meet in the cafeteria. Post haste." 5:40 a.m. I write back, "Don't know that word. Gonna find a dictionary. Might be a while. Start without me." I know what "post haste" means. I read a lot of fantasy. I'm just being annoying at this point. Still, 5:40 a.m. Gabby writes back that I'm annoying. Mission accomplished. She also says I better, I'd better come down or she's going to send her people to come get me. 5.41 a.m. I write back, do your worst, can't get me out of bed, it's Saturday, sleeping now, good night. 5.52 a.m. Nurse Sotolongo opens the door to our closet. She puts a finger to her lips and gestures for me to come with her. Also 5.52 a.m. I roll over. Also 5.52 a.m., Nurse Sotolongo drags me out of bed. She enjoys it way too much. Yasmina complains with pig snorts but doesn't wake up. 5.59 a.m., Gabby is waiting in the cafeteria. She and Nurse Sotolongo spend a few minutes making fun of my black silk pajamas that look exactly like the outfit Bruce Lee wears in Fists of Fury, which is one of my and American stepmom's favorite movies. Gabby and Nurse Otolongo start fake kung fu fighting all over the cafeteria, which, frankly, is insensitive to Chinese culture. 6.01 a.m. I get my revenge by telling Nurse Longo that Yasmani wants to know if she has a boyfriend. Then she and Gabby get their revenge on me by making me repeat everything Yasmani said like 12 times. Lesson learned. Never try to out-gossip these two again. 6.34 a.m. Nurse Longo uses her employee discount to buy us breakfast. She tells us to text her if we need anything and goes back to work. Gabby and I eat like garbage disposals. a.m., we clear our breakfast trays. Gabby takes out her tablet. We're ready to work on our everyman play. Also 6.48 a.m., Gabby and I realize we're going to need a lot of help. Also 6.48 a.m., I text my parents. Gabby and American stepmom showed up about an hour later, dressed in weekend shorts and sandals. They looked and smelled showered, but they sounded three coffees short of conscious when they asked Gabby how Iggy was doing. I had espressos waiting for the Padres at our table. They called me a very good son. American stepmom also hugged me and told me how proud she was of me, staying at the hospital to support a friend. Pappy agreed and joined the hug, crushing American stepmom and me with his love. Well, with his arms. But his arms were full of love. You're such a darling family, Gabby explained. And if you don't mind my saying, it's such a pleasure to meet a man who is emotionally secure enough to display affection to his son in public. It's all too rare in Machismo most stunted Miami. "'You talk just like your text said American Stepmom. "'Thank you,' said Gabby. "'We sat down. "'After coffee, I explained the everyman play assignment to the Padres. "'Gabby says she'll write the script if I do the costumes and staging, "'but we need a story first, and we want it to be funny.' "'Funny?' asked American Stepmom. "'Aren't you worried that you will upset your family? "'I mean, your little brother,' she trailed off meaningfully. "'Iggy's doing better,' said Gabby. "'And anyway, I want to make something that will cheer them up. "'I want them to laugh at death.' I want to laugh at death. Pappy, who always worried way too much about the rules, said, if it doesn't fit with the assignment, you won't get a good grade. I'd rather get a bad grade than make my family any sadder in this dark period in real history, said Gabby. She could be pretty scary when she wanted to be. The way she said, there's no way I can let death win, would make me run the other way if I was death, I mean. And anyway, I added, Mrs. Walkett loves creativity. We can make it scary and funny with great costumes and magic tricks and for gabby's parents a happy ending everybody wins that's a lot of work for a weekend said pappy is there enough time of course there is said american stepmom gabby's speech had gripped her by the heart now she was fully on board we just need to think imaginatively american stepmom has been my homework secret weapon ever since she and pappy started dating and she didn't let me down today With her leading the charge, Gabby asking all the right questions and taking furious notes on the tablet, and Pappy and me sharing ideas as fast as we could think of them, we had a plan within half an hour. Now we needed more stuff. Tent poles, bungee cords, a ton of fabric, of black fabric, and my jumping stilts. Our death was going to jump around, because the only thing scarier than death is death jumping around all over the place. Pappy drove back to the Coral Castle to gather the supplies. In the meantime, Miss Riel walked into the cafeteria she had on the same clothes she'd worn yesterday. She looked puffed and swollen, like a basketball someone had drawn a face on. But she lit up when she saw us. She smiled as she hustled over to our table, gave us all our good morning kisses, and took a seat. Buenos noticias, she said. Iggy was doing even better. The doctor said he was in stable condition now instead of critical, and now and we have no idea what's going on condition. American stepmom got up and hugged the sitting Ms. Real from behind. That is good news. In American stepmom's arms, while simultaneously weeping and smiling, Ms. Real told us how she had spent most of the night awake, her body draped over the incubator as she prayed. Gabby's dads had taken turns bringing her food, trying to convince her to sleep, comforting her as much as they could, and she had cried and cried and laughed and cried and talked and cried herself to sleep. But she'd woken up every few minutes to put her hands on the incubator and watch her son fight for his life. Gabby went over and joined the hug. He's going to make it, Mama. Iggy's going to beat this. Ms. Riel used both hands to squeeze Gabby's arm. We'll see, Mija. That may not be Iggy's path, but... If it isn't, we're here to ease his passing and to love him. Gabby looked at the ceiling. The line of her bottom lip trembled like a sound wave. But you've been praying. You pray all the time. Isn't that what prayer is for? Mizriel kissed her daughter's arm. God isn't a genie, Miha. He doesn't grant wishes. I pray to know him better, to partake of divinity. Gabby hugged her mommy even more fiercely, but she aimed angry eyes at heaven. So, said Mizriel, taking a deep, tear clearing breath, what's going on here? American Stepmom released Ms. Riel so she could use her hands to help describe our idea for the Everyman play. American Stepmom talks with her hands when she gets excited. Sometimes she looks like two windmills fighting each other. Gabby and I were excited, too. The three of us took turns spelling out our plan, Gabby right in her mama's ear since she was still hugging her and me from my seat. Explaining it to Ms. Riel made our idea even clearer and better. When we'd finished, I was worried that Misriel would be offended that we were treating death so lightly, just like American stepmom had said, and it looked for a second like my fear was becoming reality. Misriel crossed her arms and stared at us like she was one second away from texting Satan with ideas about how we should be punished. What's wrong, American stepmom master? With straight backed dig- dignity, Misriel asked us, Why, en el nombre de Dios, didn't you wake me? Wake you? I asked, to help us do homework? "'Misrael sniffed. "'I love helping with homework. "'I always help you with your homework, Gabby. "'It's my duty to help you with your homework.' "'But you hardly slept all night, Mama,' said Gabby, "'intensifying her hug. "'We wanted you to get a little rest.' "'In response, Misrael bit Gabby's hand. "'Well, now I knew where Gabby got it from.' "'Okay, okay,' said Gabby, giggling and pulling her hand away. "'You can help. "'Geez, you left teeth marks, you know.' "'Misrael smiled like she had just eaten Gabby's grandmother.' Maybe next time you'll remember to call your mammy when you need help. And after Misrial came, the Gabby Dads. She texted them in Spanglish to come down to help. Less than ten minutes later they pushed the cafeteria's double doors open and strolled in like a slow movie a slow mo movie shot of Navy SEALs getting ready for action. da da Dad man swaggered in front and center. Swaggered front and center of the Gabby Dad formation, wearing cop sunglasses, a blue T-shirt with the collar ripped out of it, and so that it kind of swam over his broclic, brolic chest, and a gray drawstring sweatshirt, shorts with ragged leg holes like the Hulk's. On his left walked Dadaist, wearing a barely buttoned linen Guayabera Hawaii sunset swim trunks from 50 years ago. And flip flops that he might have found on the street earlier today and just put on. He looked like a shorter, slimmer, blacker version of Pappy, right down to the mismatched fashion. But instead of a scientific calculator, he carried a pad of artistic paper in one hand and a box of colors in the other. On Dada 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 Dadman's right came Dadatarian, dressed like a telenovela actor trying to be trying not to be recognized. Sunglasses, shoulder length, Product perfect hair, blue t-shirt, and white shorts, both expensive and brandless, and cut to show off biceps and glutes. A sailor knot necklace and wild dress shoes made of red and yellow fake rattlesnake skin with no socks. Two dads brought up the rear. Grizzly Dedham's, his wild hair sprawling like an eagle's nest on his head, was dressed in serial killer flannel, abused-to-death carpenter pants, and boots with crushed steel toes, Dad, the final frontier, wore a dark blue version of the suit she had on when I'd last when i last seen her. I imagined her opening her closet in the morning, trying to decide which of her 40 suits, all just slightly different shades of black, gray, and blue, she would wear that day. Our family has to work on making our entrance, American stepmom said to me, sounding competitive. Daddies, yelled Gabby and threw herself at her dad's. They hugged her and kissed her and passed her around, and she crawled all over their shoulders. Together, they walked over to us and said good morning, then lined up for their morning kisses from Ms. Real, who told them each, in turn, how beautiful and special they were. It turned out Dada 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 Dad Man, as Florida's favorite traveling theme park superhero-slash-stuntman-for-hire, had worn, repaired, and helped to make costumes a hundred times more complicated than the ones we were planning. He was voted lead costume designer for our production and couldn't have been happier. Okay, he said, looking around. First, we need to see what we have to work with. Where's the sewing machine? Everybody looked at everyone else for the answer. Dada 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 dada. Dad man's face dropped. No sewing machine? I think we might have one, Ms. Riel volunteered. At home in the basement somewhere, maybe. Can we just use needle and thread? Asked American stepmom. Hand stitching is really hard, said dada 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 dada. Dad man. How about we staple it, said Grizzly Daddams. A hospital's got to have a few staples lying around. He trailed off because he realized what a dumb idea that was. Everyone sat quietly trying to figure out what to do next. I got a text. It was from Aventura. It said, hey gal, I was going to text Gabby, but I thought maybe it wouldn't be a good idea. You know, in case her brother isn't doing so hot. So do you think it's okay for me to ask her how she's doing? I wrote her back. Little bro is still ill bro but he's a fighter followed by yeah text her she'll like that she piled on something like 20 different heart emojis and wrote how are you good good just hanging out at the hospital we're making a costume this time the emoji pile was of the shocked face variety you're at the hospital with gabby right now yeah her whole family's here we're working on a death costume for school and you were there yesterday too to drop off my notes for her right yeah, I spent the night here. They put me in in a closet. LOL. More wow om, OMG fireworks emojis. That was so nice of you, Sal. I try not to use emojis. I don't like them, but there's that one weird one that's a red mask with a long nose and bushy eyebrows that is interesting. I sent that one. Hopefully, Aventura would get it. I think maybe she did. LOL, she wrote back. And then, light bulb. Hey, "'A, you wouldn't have a sewing machine we could borrow, would you?' The emojis took over my entire phone screen. I mean, smiley faces spinning and crying for joy, happy cats and clowns, hats and dresses, and women in flowing gowns, more multicolored hearts, three full lines of scissors, and for some reason, at the end of it all, a cigarette. I had no idea what all that meant. Luckily, at the end of the emoji storm, she wrote, "'I'll be there in an hour.' I looked up from my phone, smiling like an idiot. "'Got us a sewing machine,' I announced." Three, th- Sorry, things started happening very fast. I spread the boxes full of props that Pappy and American Stepmom had brought last night over three tables. We sorted through them, brainstorming ideas on how we could use them in the show. Then Pappy showed up with the cloth and the tent poles and everything. But I especially wanted the jumping stilts because it, with them I could really show people what I wanted to do with the death costume. I put them on and launched myself around the room, striding between tables like a giant, making some people cheer, like Dadatarian and Grizzly Daddams, and others became a little worried for me, like Ms. Real and Dadist. But American Stepmom assured the warriors that I was an expert on those stilts, which I was. Then Aventura arrived, carrying a sewing machine like nothing I'd ever seen before. It looked like R2-D2 and a jackhammer had a baby. Dad the Final Frontier rushed up to help Aventura with the, that weird backward knees walk of hers, and together they set it on a table. Then Aventura went over and hugged Gabby off the floor. Now we're cooking, said dadda, 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 Dad. Man, He rubbed his hands together greedily, looking at the sewing machine from the future. After Gabby introduced Aventura around as a straight-A student and Calico's premier cosplay artist, we unanimously decided to make Aventura co-lead costume designer. She and Dada 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 Dadman were instant friends. Just a few minutes after they'd started working together, they'd created a bell-shaped frame for the death costume out of tent poles and bungee cord. They had me get inside stilts on to make it the right height so I could fit the frame just off the ground with the top of my head. Then they wrapped it in black cloth to measure how much they would need for the costume. A few expert twists and tucks, and they had made rough versions of the costume's hood and sleeves and hemline, marking the measurements with a piece of chalk. The measuring was done. Now it was time to sew. Aventura, as the master seamstress, got started. The rest of us, under the direction of Dada Dada Dadman, had the job of hand-stitching 160 loops into the robe to hold all the tent poles in place. He spread the robe in the making out like a... He, he spread the robe in the making out like a huge black flower on the floor and handed each of us black thread and a needle. He showed us how to cut loops out of the extra fabric and how to stitch them into the costume. Those loops had to be perfect, not too small and not too big, or else the costume wouldn't expand and shrink when it needed to. Not exactly exciting work, but I liked it. When you do a slow, careful job like this one, the whole world seems to shrink and calm down and life suddenly makes a simple kind of sense. Gabby hated it. Ugh, she said about four million times. She kept stopping her work to complain. This is going to take forever. Gabby, said Dadatarian, maybe you'd rather work on the script for a while. Oh my god, yes, I would. Goodbye, said Gabby, running away before anyone could change their mind. She dug in her book bag, fired up her tablet on a table far away from us, put in her earbuds, and, happy as a pop song, got to work writing. Everyone laughed except Dad the Final Frontier, who opened her mouth to indicate laughter like a Muppet. Yeah. Her tongue really didn't move at all. Creepy. We hadn't been working ten minutes when Lightning Dad joined us. He still had on a really expensive weatherman suit from his morning shift. He also had a thermos full of homemade espresso, which pulled everyone but Dad, the Final Frontier, and me off the robe. The human adults stood around drinking espresso in tiny paper cups and catching up Lightning Dad, while the diabetic boy and the robot kept on working. It is so hard to find good help these days. When the coffee break was over, finally the adults resumed their swinging—their sewing, all except Lightning Dad, that is. He took a moment to give my shoulder a strong thank-you grip. This is a wonderful thing you are doing for us, Sal. What is, I asked. Making us do your homework for you. And before I could defend myself, he added, Kidding, kidding, this is just what the doctor ordered. Well, not really, but they should have. I mean, here we are in a hospital full of doctors, and not one of them recommended to us that we should distract ourselves by helping with our kids' homework— what were they thinking? Well, it's a good thing you're here, son, to take care of us. Thank you. Um, You're welcome, he put on the sincere face that must have charmed the Ahara mismo views, viewers at the end of every weather report. Sorry, I order mismo viewers at the end of every weather report. Seriously, Sal, we appreciate the way you're giving your time and your heart to bring us comfort in our time of need. We won't forget that. You're one of us now, kid. You mean I brought my I brought both hands to my cheeks. I'm a Gabby dad now. You'll need a dad name," said Grizzly Daddams, never looking up from his sewing. "He'll be Magic Dad, naturally," said Dad, the Final Frontier. "I was going to vote for Who Dadney," said Dadatarian. "How about To Dad?" chimed in American stepmom. All good suggestions, said Lightning Dad. So, Sal, so, which will it be? My name shall be, um, drumroll, please. Everyone put down their needles to drum on their legs or the floor. My name shall be prestidagitation. They cheered like Robin Hood's merry men. I bowed and got back to work. Dadaist, who was sketching us working from a nearby table, shook his head and said, How do you even know a word like prestidigitation?" I could barely spell my name at your age. You can barely spell your name now, said Dada 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 Dad Man. A crumpled ball of expensive art paper bounced off his head. He reads a lot, said Poppy. Just like Gabby,' said Miss Riel. You two you are two of a kind. Two of a kind, said Grizzly Daddums, paying careful attention to the loop he was finishing. The tiny little needle in his bare sized fingers looked funny to me. Yep, that would explain why Gabby has been talking about you non-stop this week. Sal did this, and Sal did that, day after day. He has? Aventura asked, still sewing, but looking over her shoulder at Gabby. Oh, she has? And then, when she saw every dad looking at her, she added, What? Did I sound jealous or something? Because I'm not jealous. Nee nee nee, nee 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 She kept on nee nee for a while. My point is, said Grizzly Daddams, is that Gabby's like her mother. She's great of, she's great judge of, sorry, great judge of character. She can make a friend for life in 10 minutes, but only if the other person wants to be friends too. He snuck a glance at me. So, Sal, you know, do you want to be friends with Gabby? Pappy snickered. They are clearly friends, said dad, the final frontier. Even I can tell that, and I often have difficulty gauging interpersonal human relationships. You're having difficulties right now, Grizzly Dedham said, shooting Dad the final frontier at look she was guaranteed to miss. Look who's talking, said Ms. Real. Stop terrorizing poor Sal, Jose. What? Can't a guy ask a friendly question about friendship between a boy who may be a friend and a girl who may be a friend, thereby making them boyfriend and girlfriend? Ah, got it. Adults were as gossipy as middle schoolers. Well then, I would deal with them the same way I dealt with annoying kids, shock and awe. If you're asking if Gabby is my girlfriend, don't worry. I'm only 13. I'm not a sexual being yet. Grizzly Dadim pricked his finger and sucked it. The sewing machine went quiet. Dad, the final frontier, cocked her head like a confused but well-meaning Labrador. The other dads shut their mouths so quickly I heard their teeth clack. Pappy took a break from stitching to rub his eyes. An American stepmom, quickly and mostly under her breath, but loud enough for everyone to hear, said, Well, there you go. I told Sal. Sal, you don't have to be a sexual being until you're ready. Don't feel rushed just because some of your peers seem interested in the opposite sex, or the same sex, or sex in general. You do you, son, on your own schedule. And I guess he heard me, because here he is, repeating my words. Yep, good listener, that kid, and impeccable timing, don't you think? Once she was finished, the only sound in the cafeteria was Gabby singing along to her headphones. Lightning Dad knelt to me and patted my shoulder. Don't let the awkward silence fool you. Everybody here is behind you. You get to be whoever you want to be on your own time. You do you, just like your mom said. Then, as he took his place on the robe, he smacked Grizzly Daddams upside the head. what I do? Asked Grizzly Daddams, knowing exactly what he'd done. This sandwich. Yes, what did he do? Asked Dad the final frontier.